You know, I, I want to start in prayer as well, because the truth that I'm going to bring today, I learned in the context of prayer. Actually, I heard sermons on it. I um, read the passages myself, but it was in the context of prayer. I'll share that story in a little bit, that God opened the eyes of my heart to see it. So uh, we got some important truths this morning we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about the foundation that uh, is essential to have correct in the area of spiritual warfare. You know about foundations. You know, structures are built upon foundations. Ideas are built upon foundations. And if the foundation is strong, then the structure built upon it will be strong. And if it's aligned, then the, the structure will be aligned. But if the foundation is flawed or weak, over time, the test of time and stress will reveal that weakness in that structure, in that building, in that idea. And if ever there's a time we need to have a flawless structure, it's in the area of spiritual warfare. I say that because we learned last week, we have an invisible enemy who's intelligent, that has an organized army whose sole purpose is to destroy you, to destroy your marriage, to destroy your relationships, to destroy your children, to destroy your church, and to destroy our nation. And as we learned last week, the idea that Christianity is like a church picnic or going to a Christian concert is done. And we can find in our time and age that no longer is a matter of finding demons behind bushes. Actually, they're out in the streets going from house to house trying to pick us off. And so I want to start in prayer as we talk about this so important topic this morning about the foundation of our spiritual warfare. Father, I'm going to ask that you would do for people today what you did for me in my office many years ago when some brothers prayed for me. And Father, I want to pray that the truth we see today, we not just get it in our minds, but God, you would open our minds to understand it in a new, fresh way, in a clearer way, in a deeper way, that you would open up our eyes to behold wonderful things from your word this morning. God, would the Holy Spirit do it in a way that it changes the foundation of the way we live and the way we do warfare. I ask you to do this for your own name's sake, for the sake of my brothers and sisters that are here and are watching online and those that will watch this week. Lord, for the sake of your glory, for the sake of the lost, for the sake of your church, God, would you do these things today, I ask in Jesus' name, amen. Like I said, this morning I'm gonna lay the foundation. Uh, in weeks to come, I'm going to build upon that foundation with a structure that we trust will be built upon a foundation that's solid and aligned right, that will enable us to be in a place where we can walk in victory when it comes to warfare with the enemy. And our foundation is simply this. It's very, comes in a short phrase, but I want to unpack it for you. Our foundation is the riches of God's grace. Turn to Ephesians chapter 6. 
Our foundation is the riches of God's grace. The whole rest of my sermon is going to try to unfold that a little bit more and take that word grace out of the sky and out of the theological sky and out of the biblical world and try to bring it down just to another shelf to help us maybe get it for our warfare and for our life a little bit better. Ephesians chapter 6, probably the strongest passage in the New Testament that deals with our spiritual warfare. And then he's going to lay out for us the armor we need to have on if we're going to be able to resist the devil. And in verse 10, he starts with the foundation to our armor, which is also the foundation to our spiritual war. Really, it's the foundation to the whole and your Christian life is he says this in Ephesians 6.10 Finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. There's the foundation. Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. He's telling us two ways We need to be strong in order to win this victory with the devil. First of all, it has to do with us being in Christ. We talked about that earlier in this series. The fact that God has placed us into Jesus. That's all that we are and all that we have in Christ. The first thing we have to be strong with is being strong and strengthened with is what we have and who we are in Jesus. But then the second thing, and is in the strength of his might, that's who Jesus is in us. And so the foundation to the entire Christian life, well, it is the entire Christian life, but it's the foundation to our warfare is us being in Christ and Christ being in us. This is a spiritual reality. This is what the Bible says, we're one with Christ. We we showed the picture up here a few weeks ago. At the core of our being, we are spiritual people. Our spirit is now alive to God. We become one with Jesus. This isn't just a theological phrase that we use. This is a deep reality at the core of our being where Jesus Christ by his spirit lives inside of me and I've been placed inside of him. This is how God infuses the life of Jesus or you could say infuses into me the strength of his might. It's Christ living in me. This is the means by which God infuses into me the strength of his might so I have what I need for this battle. And it's the way that he shares with me all the rights and the privileges that have already been won. That's in Christ. I love the way that the uh, Total Passion Translation says this. Be supernaturally infused with strength. (laughs) This isn't something we're called to drum up, by the way. This is something that Jesus has already accomplished and something that he does in us. And so the first thing we're called is to be supernaturally infused with strength through your 
life union with the Lord Jesus Christ, the first place has to do with me being in Christ, my life in union with Jesus, be infused with the strength that comes from my relationship of being in Christ and stand victorious with the force of his explosive power flowing in and through you. This is me in Christ, Christ in me. This is you in Christ, Christ in you. It is being able to share in that life union and all the privileges that come with it and all that he becomes within me as I walk with him. Me being in Christ and Christ being me is the, are the two pillars of God's grace. That's what I want to bring down one step lower. We're going to talk about this for a few minutes. Let's open this up. The, you know, we say God's grace, you know, kind of vague and something out there in the heavenlies that we're trusting God will give us. Well, when we bring it down, there's two pillars upon which God's grace stands. One pillar is the fact that we are in Christ. The other pillar is that Christ is in me. And what we see here is it's the foundation to our warfare. It's the foundation upon which everything else we're going to say in this series is built upon. It's the fact of me being in Christ and Christ being in me. The reason I say that is this. What's grace? Grace is gifts, right? They're free gifts that God gives us. Well, stop and think with me for a second. Every gift that God gives me is through my relationship in Christ. Me being in Christ is where he shares with me all these gifts that he has given to Jesus as I become one with him and I share it. And Christ in me is the way that God is gonna do everything he's gonna do in my life. So the heart of God's grace is simply, it's me in Christ because of all those free gifts I get from being in Christ and it's Christ in me because of all the things Jesus is gonna do in me as he works and infuses my life with his strength and his power. Us in Christ, let's start with that one. That's the way God sees me. You've seen the illustration before. This is me. This is Christ, the Bible. I'm hidden in Christ. How does God see me? When he looks at me, he, he doesn't see me, he sees Christ because I'm clothed, I'm covered, I'm hidden, I'm in Christ. So guess what? When Satan slanders us, say, you're this and you're that, and he's slandering us to the Father, he looks down and says, I, I don't see that, I see Jesus because we're hidden in Christ. See, in Christ is the way that God sees us and it's the way that God blesses us and it's the way that God shares everything with us that he's given to Jesus because we're one with him and we're placed in him. We learned it in Ephesians 1.3. We've already been blessed with every spiritual blessings in the heavenly places in Christ. You see, it's our relationship with Christ that God has already blessed us with every spiritual blessing in Christ is the place he blesses us. In Christ is the way he sees us. In Christ is the way he shares with us all the gifts and the rights and the privileges and the promises and the victories 
that are mine in Christ. The positions. I mean, the list goes on and on. When you think about your battle with it, you know, we're putting a position. We're given privileges. We're given rights. We're given promises. We're given blessings. We're given victories that have already been won. So all of those become ours in the foundation which we stand upon what we are in Christ. But what about Christ in us? Well, that's the way that God changes us and that's the way that God empowers us. Because you know what? I, I kind of felt like my battle with uh, the devil in earlier years, I felt like Rocky in the first round of his first fight. If you remember what the announcer said, it looks like Rocky is blocking the punches with his face. You ever feel like that with your battle with the enemy? And you know what? I, I wanted to run and I was sitting back and I felt defeated and I'm this and that. And you know what? By God's grace, he's changed me into a warrior. Now, I, I, I have to admit, I'm not a green beret or a seal, but I'm a warrior now. <laughs> I'm part of the army. And God has taken me from a guy who's been blocking the punches with his face and just wanted to get away because I didn't want Satan to mess with me anymore. And he's transformed me by his spirit into a guy who says, let's get in the ring and fight because that's where the battle's gonna be won. This is the way he changes me. This is the place he empowers me. It's the way with Christ in me that he grants me everything I'm gonna need in this battle. And... Our whole victory, catch this because this is so important. This is where I'm going today. The way we respond to our battle with Satan, if we respond out of the context of grace, all that we are in Jesus or all that we have and all that we are and all that he gives us and empowers us for in Christ we're gonna have a foundation for victory. But if we respond by us trying harder to get the victory, we're gonna be defeated every time. It's the gospel life. I'm transferring my trust from myself to Jesus. Isn't that why I get saved? I recognize I got a need, it's called sin, and I'm no longer trying to do everything I can do to get saved but rather I'm leaving all that to the side and I'm transferring my trust from what I can do into Jesus and what he has done. Well, spiritual warfare and the victory is the same thing. I'm no longer trusting in what I can do to get the victory. I'm trusting in what Jesus has done and what he will do in me. And now I already have the victory. It's a moving from working to get it to believing I got it. And when I stand on that foundation of grace, I'm in a place to have victory with the battles that I'm gonna have with the evil one. So I wanna just unfold two, two particular gifts we have, two rights, two privileges that we get to use out of God's grace that I believe lay at the foundation of our battle with the enemy. Again, the foundation are all the riches we have in Jesus. I want to unfold two of them to you this morning. The first one is in Colossians chapter one. So if you have your Bibles, please turn to Colossians chapter one. Verse 
We'll be looking at verses 12 and 13. This is what he says in verse 12. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. For, here's the reason, here's the reason why we should be giving thanks to the Father for um, qualifying us to share in the inheritance. By the way, that's what it means to be in Christ. I get to share in the inheritance that Jesus and we together as believers get to share in the inheritance of light. That's part of what it means to be in Christ. And I want to give Father thanks for that. For, this is what verse 13 says, he rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. I want you to note the word he. Look back at the text. For he rescued us. God has won the battle. It's not a battle for me to win. God has already won the battle. It does not say that God will do this if Pat does this, if Pat reads his Bible more, or if Pat prays more, or Pat does these certain things. You see, when a lot of the spiritual warfare I, I've heard, and some of it that has really kept me in bondage for a while, was a warfare that was dependent upon what we do to get free rather than what God has already done to set us free. You see, it, it talks about doing the right things or maybe even saying the exact right words in a prayer. Now go back here, not do this and do that and say this and do that. And then sometimes it's even dependent on, I gotta do more of the disciplines. If I just prayed more, if I just worshiped more, if I just fill in the blank with whatever. And a lot of warfare puts the victory dependent upon us as believers based upon doing the right thing based upon praying the exact right words or doing more of the Christian stuff. And yet, this scripture tells us that it's dependent on God because he has, look at what it says, he rescued, E-D at the end, I put that in big, big letters. That's past tense. It's already done. Doesn't say God will rescue you in the future if you do this. It says God has rescued you. Past tense, he rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred ED. Underline that again at the end. He already has transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. It's already done. We've been transferred from the domain. A domain is the territory over which a ruler exercises authority and power, okay? So we have been transferred, or I shouldn't say not transferred, we've been rescued. Praise God. It wasn't just transferred from here, transferred to there. We got rescued. And we kind of used an illustration like this in the past in Romans 6, but I'm going to do it again. 
This, I'm sorry guys, I sit on this side, but you guys are gonna be the domain of darkness. Do you mind being there for a while this morning? Just illustration's sake. You guys are the kingdom of his beloved son. You guys are awesome. This is where we all wanna be. We'll cut it right down the middle and make it this side of the church so nobody feels left out. All you guys are part of darkness. You guys are part of the kingdom of his beloved son. And over this domain, Satan is ruling. And when we didn't know Jesus, we all were in this domain over here. His authority, his power, his working in the children of disobedience, his own constitution of how things work, his own army, uh, you know, to defend his territory. You know, he had all of this going on. He had his own ways of living and his own, you, you follow me? Here's a culture called darkness. And it was run by Satan and by his demons. Now over here, it's the kingdom of his beloved son. Our own culture, his own culture. He's the king of this kingdom. He's got his ways. He's got his constitution. He's got his power and he's got his army. And what Jesus did is he rescued us from the domain of darkness. And he didn't just rescue us and leave us right in the middle here, kind of in the wilderness. He rescued me out and left me in the wilderness to fend for myself, no. He rescued me out of the domain of darkness and he transferred me over to the kingdom of his beloved son. And so all the rights and all the privileges and all the gifts and all the protection and everything that comes from being in that kingdom is now mine. You can see why he says giving thanks to the Father. <laughs> Aren't you grateful for that? Aren't you grateful that Jesus not only delivered me, he didn't just transfer me, he rescued me. I was in trouble. I was heading a bad way and Satan had me locked in with all his power and his blindness. But Jesus rescued me from that and he transferred me into this brand new kingdom. And guys, it's already done. It's already been accomplished fully by the Father, by the Son, and by the Spirit. The first gift we have of God's grace is the fact that God has already won the victory for us. This is, uh, I told you I'd come back to this. I was struggling, guys. Satan has come at me a few times in my life, pretty strong, pretty deep, and pretty long. And, and I remember I was in a battle. It felt like the battle of my lifetime. And I was working hard with all the spiritual warfare stuff I learned. Pat, you gotta do the right thing. So, okay, I better get over and start doing this stuff. And you know what? You gotta pray the exact words. You, you better get this warfare prayer and pray every word in it exactly as it is written. And then you know what, Pat? You better spend more time in the word. You better spend more time praying. You better spend more time memorizing verses. And so I was busy doing everything I needed to do to get set free from the power of the enemy in my life. And I was worn out and I was tired. 
and I felt like I was losing, and Satan seemed like, uh, thank you, Dan, for this illustration you gave me this morning. I, I felt like those 10 spies who, when they saw the big enemy, they saw themselves as grasshoppers, remember? <laughs> and so I said, man, I, I'm losing this thing. I'm worn out. I'm tired. This is too big. I'll never win it. And I remember there was a seminar here many years ago. Uh, put out, uh, the two speakers were Dave Johnson and Jeff Van Vondren. And I remember at break time saying, guys, I, I, I got to talk to you. Would you come down to my office? And we walked down to the other end of the building. And I shared with them what was going on. And after I shared with them, they prayed with me. I'm going to tell you something that Jeff said that was very interesting, by the way. I, I don't know if it's in the series anyplace else, so I want to say this. He said, Pat, when spiritual warfare issues are going on, and if you know Jeff, he's a counselor, worked up at Hazleton, one of the big addiction centers, has dealt with a lot of people, or a lot of people go up to Hazleton. And he said, you know, Pat, I found when I counsel people, if there are demonic issues going on, I go no place with them. They're stuck. But if you deal first with the enemy, first bind the evil one, then plunder his goods, if you first uh, deal with the enemy and you resist him and deal with him, then I find the counseling becomes very effective and it works. And so these two guys were praying for me and resisting the devil's work in my life. And they didn't even pray this, but as they were praying, the Spirit of God lit up my mind and I saw it. Pat, you're working to get the victory rather than standing in the fact you already have the victory. You know, amen. You know, amen. Thank you, Jesus. Because you know what, guys? That's the foundation. And that's what I was doing. And these paths I'm sharing with you this morning, share with us, we already have the victory. And I was, and God just showed me in my heart, heart and that morning the foundation to my entire Christian life and the foundation of my warfare changed. Like I said, it's just simply changed to the gospel. The gospel we're saved by is the gospel we live by. And so many Christians, they get saved by the fact that I'm no longer trusting myself and what I can do, but I'm trusting in Jesus what he can do. They leave it there, and now they do everything they can do to try to grow in Christ, rather than trusting the indwelling Jesus who lives in me. And not depending upon myself, but depending upon him to do miracles in my heart and transform me and change me. The gospel we're saved by is the gospel we live by. The gospel that we were saved by is the gospel we do warfare by. And God changed the foundation to my entire life that morning. And by the way, it wasn't in the context of a sermon. It wasn't in the context of study. It was in the context of prayer. And by the way, we're going to have people up here this morning afterwards. Uh, if you're, You might find that you're struggling in the battle. There might be a particular area you're struggling in in particular. Maybe you're struggling still trying to get rather than recognize you already have it. Uh, we're going to have people up here after the service this morning that are here because you know what? In warfare, we need to come in prayer and apply the gifts that God has given us in faith. So we're going to have people here today, and maybe you feel you need the need for somebody to pray for you. 
Let me give you a second gift that we have upon this. The first one is God has won the victory. The second one is this. I already have authority over Satan. I already have authority over Satan. Now to understand this, we need to understand the difference between authority and power. Power means I have the ability to exert some force. I got the capability to do something. I've got what it takes. You know, so, so power means that I, I've got this force that I can exert against what's coming against me. That's not what we've been given in our victory with Satan. We've been given authority. You know what authority is? It's the legal right to use somebody else's power. It's the right to command. And so I've got the right, not so much that Pat kind of gets himself up big enough and does everything right so he can exert his power to overpower Satan, but instead I have the authority of Christ to use Jesus' power and to use all his victories and for him to fight the battle like Moses at the Red Sea. You know, stand, this, is, this battle's the Lord. Watch the salvation of the Lord. You know, the best way I can illustrate is a policeman. A semi is coming down the street. They're directing traffic. They got a badge on that represents that I'm a representative of this local authority. And so when the semi is coming that has way more power than that policeman ever has, there's no way his physical power can overcome the power of that semi. But he holds up his hand and he's got his badge right here. What does the semi do? He stops. He slows down because he knows that behind the authority of that policeman stands all the power of the local government that he needs to enforce what's got to happen. And that's what we have in our battle with Satan. I don't have the power to overcome Satan. I've got the authority to use Jesus' power, to use his name, to use his authority, and to use his blood to defeat the enemy. Turn to Ephesians chapter one. Let me show you this in the Bible. Ephesians chapter one. Interesting, we learned a lot about in Christ in Ephesians one. We're gonna learn now about, uh, you know, again, saw it in Ephesians chapter six in our warfare, the importance of being in Christ for this victory. Listen, uh, now remember this, finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Well, that's Christ in us. Well, how big is that might of Jesus? Well, listen, verse 19 of Ephesians 1. He's praying again that we would understand what is the surpassing greatness of his power towards us who believe. These are in accordance with the working of the strength of his might. There we go. Ephesians 6.10, what do we need? We need the working of the strength of his might. He explains to us in Ephesians 1 what that looks like and how great that power is. It's not just powerful, it's greatly powerful. Matter of fact, it even surpasses greatness. And this is what is operating towards us. And then he illustrates to us just how powerful it is, which he brought about in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him 
at his right hand in the heavenly places. That's the throne of God where he's seated at the right hand of the Father, the right hand of the throne, the place where a king rules his kingdom. He's seated at the right hand in the heavenly places far above, far above all rule, all authority, all power and all dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things in subjection under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church. That's how great that power is. And I want you to note here, Jesus is seated right now at the right hand of the Father of the throne. And we learned last week, remember, the names of demons indicate something of their work and their character. Well, look at these. All rule, all authority, all power, all dominion. That's both heavenly and earthly. But that means that Jesus and all these are words of ruling over exercising power over, exercising authority over, you know, trying to control. And what it says is Jesus is far above all rule. He's far above all authority. He's far above all power and all dominion. So when the enemy tries to bring that against us, we have one that is greater than him. Like we said about the 10 spies who saw themselves like grasshoppers. Well, you had the two that said, our God is bigger than these big enemies we're looking at. And that's what we need God to do is rescue us from seeing ourselves like grasshoppers who got to get the victory for Satan to seeing ourselves as seated. Well, I'm jumping ahead of myself, but that's what Ephesians 2 tells us. See ourselves seated with Christ in the exact same place that he is. You know, guys, let's turn to, turn to Ephesians chapter 2, the very next chapter. So now we see, gee, we got this enemy. By the way, let's look at this. I got me, and I'm representing you right now. I got an enemy that's more powerful than me who's up here, but I got a God, a Jesus, who is seated as high as the heavens are above the earth, above Satan. And he's that much greater in power and authority and rule and dominion and everything. And so now looking in Ephesians 2, let's see where we're at. But God being rich, I'm in verse 4. But God being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us. Even when we were dead in our transgressions made us alive together with Christ. By grace you've been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in heavenly places where? In Christ Jesus. In Christ. We are seated with him at the right hand of the throne of the Father, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion that would come against us. You know, I think in our warfare, so many of us have left out the ascension of Jesus Christ. 
We, we talk a lot about the cross, and we should. We talk less about the resurrection, and we shouldn't, because that's where the new life and the power comes from. But we talk very little about the ascension, and the ascension is the place where our victory over Satan comes from, because when Jesus was ascended to the right hand of the Father and seated there, we ascended with him just like we died with him, we've been raised with him, we ascended with him, and we're seated at the right hand of the Father along with him. And because of that, you and I get to share in Christ those rights and those privileges that he has in our warfare with the enemy. This is, um, guys, as I said today, our foundation. May God rescue every one of us today from feeling like we're grasshoppers in the sight of the enemy and his power because his power is bigger than mine and working hard to try to get set free from the things that he's held me in bondage to people that see a God that is infinitely above the one who's more powerful than us, Satan, and to see that he's already given us the victory in Christ and Christ in us. Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Be strong in everything that God gives us in Christ and be strengthened and infused with all the mighty power that Jesus has for you to be a warrior in this battle. That's the foundation we need. I shared this illustration before, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna share it again. Uh, as earlier in the series, it really fits well here. It's, it's, it's worth a second one. But I, I told you about the flood insurance that I was required to get um, number, when we first moved in our home. And I remember that, uh, you know, we were signing up the mortgage, we got everything done, and the last thing, oh, by the way, you got to pay $300 a year for flood insurance. Now, at that time, we're like, we're scraping every penny it is just to pay for the house and do whatever we got to do, you know? And so that really bothered me that I had to pay for flood insurance to be able to get this mortgage. And it bothered me enough that I, I just had to tell somebody. There wasn't much I could do, but I just had to tell somebody. And so I called up our insurance man and I said, hey brother, I just gotta tell you, man, this really bothers me that I gotta pay $300 um, for insurance, for flood insurance. And by the way, this guy was a believer. And I said, you know, there hasn't been a flood in Tinley since Noah. And they're going to make me pay $300 for flood insurance. He said, well, Pat, you know what? That's really, that's not something we determined. The bank said you got to do that as a protection for the mortgage. So I called up the bank. And I said, I just got to tell you, man, this really bugs me that I got to pay $300 for flood insurance. Long story short, he said, well, we're not the ones to determine that. The surveyor is the one that told the bank that we love, live in the flood zone. And I said, okay, give me the name and number of my surveyor, would you? So I called up the surveyor. I said, hey, brother, I got to tell you something. It really bothers me that I have to pay $300. And he said, you know what? 
I don't determine that, the city does. The city has maps and flood zones, and all I do is read uh, what, what's in there. And I said, okay, so I called the city of Tim. I said, guys, I, I, gotta, I just gotta tell you, I, I know this was my last call. <laughs> They're the ones with the map, and I wasn't trying to do anything other than let the people who are responsible know how I felt about it. And I did the same, guys, I'm bothering. The guy tells me, he says, you know, hold on a second, Mr. Beglow. Puts me on hold, comes back about four minutes. He says, I got good news for you. I said, what's that? You're not in the flood zone. On your block, as now, you know, he went from kind of the general maps of surveyors to the big detailed map on the wall. He said, there's only four homes on your block that are not in the flood zone, and you're one of them. I thought, wow, that is awesome. And so I couldn't wait to uh, call back the bank and tell me, so a surveyor. So I ended up with a surveyor and I said, and I said, hey, I got good news for you. I'm not in the flood zone. I called Tinley Park and they told me I'm not in the flood zone. And, and I think this, to be honest with you, I think I bothered the guy because he felt like I was undermining his work and his authority, and I get that. But I, I'm, $300 drives me. <laughs> and so I just, he said, he wouldn't change it. I said, you gotta be kidding me. So I called back the city. I said, could you send me an official letter from the city that says that I'm not in the flood zone? So they sent me the letter. I still have that letter in my, my books at home and my files. And so I told the surveyor, I called him back and said, hey, brother, I got a letter from the city that shows that I'm not in the flood zone. He said, I'm not going to change it. And I was, I got to tell you what, I was moving from my gentle, patient self. <laughs> Go, wait a minute. I've got the legal right to not have to do this. I got the proof right here. And so I got to tell you, I did what I, I, I do. I try not to raise my power over people. I just harass them until they cry wolf. So I kept calling this guy. I said, hey, brother, I just got to tell you, I got this thing. I got, finally said, okay, I'll change it. And so took the letter to the bank. He changed it. We didn't have to pay the 300 and they gave me back the 300 I had to pay. Let me show you a passage here in 1 Peter. Be of sober spirit, be on the alert. Your adversary... The devil, your adversary, that's Satan. The devil, that's the slanderer. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. And I'll tell you some of the people he seeks to devour because I bet it's those who are trying hard to get the victory and see themselves like grasshoppers rather than those who recognize they already have the victory and see a big God. But resist him firm in your faith. That's what I was doing with the surveyor. I was firm in the authority that I had from the city and I wouldn't back down. And we kind of think, well, I, I brought the blood of Jesus against it. It didn't stop. We got to be firm in faith and we need to keep on bringing back my letter from God that gives me my official authority and say to Satan, look, 
I got this. God has given it to me. And like the surveyor, he's going to refuse to back down. But if you keep on coming and you keep on coming and God decides it's time for him to move in and bring his power against the enemy, all of a sudden Satan backs off and he lets us go and God's power and presence floods into our life and into that area of our life. We need to walk firm in the faith, in the victory that Jesus has already won for us, the foundation of our victory, everything we have in Christ and everything he is in us. And we need to stand on that and we need to be firm. It's gonna be a roller coaster ride. You know what a roller coaster is like? Starts up slow and you kind of go, then I said, woo. And then you kind of hear, and then you go here, and you go back and forth, you're up and down. That's what faith is like. We kind of think, well, I'm going to claim it by faith. I said it once, I prayed once, it's all done. Now it's going to start like this, and I'm claiming it by faith. Satan's going to do something, going, whoo. It's like the battle, what went wrong? I thought God was going to give me the victory. And my heart's frightened, and I'm going down like this, and then all of a sudden I come back up, and I'm like, okay, God, thank you. But then there's a twist. I'm thinking, oh, man, Satan's winning again. I gotta keep coming firm in the faith. I gotta keep on standing against him in the name of Jesus, the blood of Jesus, and the authority of Jesus, and everything I have in Christ, and everything he has in me, and keep on applying that to him until he finally backs off and gives us the victory. This is the foundation to our warfare. And to everything else we're gonna talk about in this series needs to be built off of that foundation. And like I said, anytime we move from that foundation, the enemy who's seeking someone to devour will defeat us. But when we stand on that foundation, we're gonna see God work miracles in our lives and set us free in his timing to his glory. So Father, thank you. Thank you that you provided the foundation. I wanna thank you, Father, that through your son Jesus, you rescued us from the domain of darkness and you transferred us to the kingdom of your beloved son. I wanna thank you, Father, that by your doings we are in Christ, and Christ is in us. I wanna thank you, Father, you give us the authority to defeat the enemy's power. God, I just wanna thank you for every blessing we have in Christ. It says there in Colossians, thanking the Father, who's qualified us to share in the inheritance, everything we have in Jesus. For, and he gives us that specific, he rescued us from the domain of darkness he transfers to the kingdom of his beloved son where now we have all the rights of a citizen of his kingdom. I just want to say thank you, Father. Thank you on behalf of my brothers and sisters here. And Father, I want to pray for anybody who's still working to get. God, that your Holy Spirit this morning would open their eyes to see what they already have in Jesus. It's in his name I pray. Amen.